Yes, the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Espanol is the leader coming to the home turn. I am Jimmy, the only serious threat you would think. And then came move by. Espanol, the first for the judge by about two lengths, maybe a bit more. I am Jimmy trying hard. Espanol in front. I am Jimmy won't make up the ground in time. Espanol. Espanol, a strong winner by a length and a half. I am Jimmy, second. Vandoro, third. Moved by Ren, fourth. Espanol winning the 1100 metre maiden plate at Kilcoy on Australia Day as we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week here on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country news and more on that Kilcoy Australia Day program for you shortly. We also look back at what happened at Innisfail on the weekend, plus the Tab meeting at Bundaberg on Saturday and a host of other news as we roll into Bushbeat for another week. And pleased to say for another week, Rob Luck is with us on the show. Hello, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Um, back in Longreach, had uh, come back on Sunday. Half a day at the shop yesterday, and um, I uh, I need to have a rest today, I figured out. <laughs> but uh, went down for half an hour this morning, but slowly getting back into the routines. And, hey, Tony, isn't it great to see um, we're back with the country racing, of course, with Kilcoy, but the, the TAB meetings also featuring continuing with these country tracks with Bundaberg. And, of course, the Bowen meeting moved to um, today. And as well, the Innisfail meeting getting through that we're going to hear, of course, later on in the show, um, avoiding the rain. I think the rain might have came at the very last minute on the day, Tony. Yeah, it seems to be that way, that uh, things were a little bit hairy there at one stage. And, and just talking about that Bowen meeting, a great move there to be able to shuffle things around, to be able to move it from Sunday as much as they were all uh, ready to rock and roll. Uh, and definitely racing today. And I saw a lovely post earlier this morning from the Bowen Turf Club on their Facebook page. The track just looks amazing with their eight-race program today. Gates opening in about a half an hour. Roberts free entry. Uh, the first race is at 12.35 local time with all of the racing action, of course, on Radio Tab and Sky Channel today. They've got uh, the full bar and canteen operating there. And having a look at uh, the photos of the Bowen course, it just looks in apple pie order ready for the Big Tab program today. Yeah, and this is a bit of a progressive thing I think we're going to see more of too, that obviously Bowen moved from the Sunday. Um, but I believe even next year there are offers going out to some of the country clubs to um, race on, for example, on Monday. Um, and again, getting that country TAB status with the prize money that goes with it with the for the participants. So very progressive and uh, this one forced about with the weather. Um, but it's just great to see the number of clubs that are coming on board. And Bowen's always been a very progressive uh, club. That Bowen Cup Day is an absolute beauty. But, of course, um, we had the racing. We're counting down to big, uh, a big weekend, aren't we, Tony? Of course, uh, at the end of the week, you'll be featuring at the uh, Country Racing Awards in Emerald, and that's where we'll, there'll be plenty of highlight of, uh, of country racing uh, recipients of different awards. Yes, all of the uh, awards will be handed out Saturday evening at the Emerald Town Hall for the 2022 Queensland Country Racing Gala Awards. They're down to, I think, the last five tickets available. I know there's been the odd cancellation here and there. So if you haven't got a ticket as yet, go to the Facebook page there for Queensland Country Racing Gala Awards and uh, and uh, find the contact details there. Doors open 6 o'clock on Saturday night. Having a look through uh, the uh, the list of nominees as we have on uh, Bush Beat in previous episodes, Rob, it's amazing looking at some of the stories and some of the people who have been nominated this year. And I think this is one of the, the things almost like the, uh, the awards coming of age. For the first couple of years, there's a few uh, different areas that might have thought, well, how's this all exactly going to work? They've seen how it exactly works over the last little bit. And, uh, yeah, we've been flooded with nominations ready for the awards on Saturday night. 
Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a great uh, race day there on the weekend. And again, another example of a country TAB uh, race meeting occurring. And unfortunately, my apologies already gone in. I think I've, I've got a reasonable excuse. Yeah, I think you're okay. Yeah, I'm not allowed to drive to start with. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so I can't give you guys a lift back from the track this year. At, uh, but it'll be a great, great weekend and uh, good luck to the, the whole team putting it together. We'll come back and have a look at that Australia Day program at Kilcoy soon, but let's have a look at what happened on Saturday at Innisfail. It's game time who took it up now as they come off the back, 800 to go from Fiorelli. Pratted out wide, three wide on the track at the moment. Uh, there was Count the Bears and going four wide around them, then Lady Snitch, light them up, Jerry's waiting for an out in the middle, trying to get through on the inside. Just trying to burst through the centre. Then came Bowtie Betty trying to run on into it. Then came Let's Talk a Deal. Nora's uh, down on the inside and Malachini's going to have to hook wide. As Lady Snitch in the centre of the track swept for the lead. Out after it then came Light em Up Jerry. It's uh, still Lady Snitch in front. Light em Up Jerry. Light em Up Jerry. And now Let's Talk a Deal getting right through. Let's Talk a Deal. Lady Snitch. Let's Talk a Deal. Let's Talk a Deal with Lady Snitch and Light em Up Jerry. They get Malachini, then Nora, followed by... Uh, that was the last race at uh, Innisfail on Saturday. It was the Class B 1500 metres. A uh, John Manselman Quinella with Let's Talk a Deal for Kristen Swaffer defeating Lady Snitch, written by Jade Doolan. And Rob Jade's a great friend of the show. We had her on only a couple of weeks ago talking about off-the-track horses and, and uh, post-racing life for some of these thoroughbreds. And this was Jade's first day at the track as a jockey. Yeah, congratulations to Jade getting there uh, on the weekend and I'm sure she was looking at the weather, making sure that the meeting got through. She had the three rides and, of course, uh, one was Ella Beach and, and she did a great job there because the horse knuckled badly at the start and she lost an iron but recovered and uh, got through the ride and, and came up close with a Quinella result, the stablemate getting uh, home with Kristen Swaffer there. But, Tony, I've got to have a shout-out for Lacey Morrison on behalf of Jade here because... Uh, Lacey wasn't riding at the meeting. I'm not sure if she's injured or suspended, but we know she's in great form. But Jade indicated to me um, that Lacey basically spent the whole afternoon with her talking her through the processes, just, just helping in any general way. And I think this is the most one of the most important things you find in any sport. If you play cricket, the guy down the other end is helping you get through the next over. If you play tennis in a game of doubles, you've got someone on the court with you. You're talking all the time. You're learning. You're getting coached on the spot. So a big shout-out, Lacey Morrison. Uh, we, know you've, we know your career and, of course, jockey and... Uh, and returned as a jockey, steward, etc. But uh, I know that Jade Dillon really appreciate that, and um, I'm sure we're going to hear more of, of her career as we go down. But uh, really great to see uh, Jade uh, getting that support from Lacey as we also welcome Peter Rowe to the show, and Peter will be able to give us a few more details because I'm not meant to be doing too much talking just yet, Pete. <laughs> Good morning to you. Good morning, guys. How are we? Well, this morning, congratulations to you as well. A, a good couple of days for you with a winner. Was it uh, Friday at Townsville as well as Saturday in this film? Yeah, it was a good weekend. The, the team's up and running again. We've got a few more race fit and it, well, it was a good weekend. And I'll tell you what, I wouldn't mind more of them, that's for sure. Did you get the odds, Pete, with Saint No More at, uh, at Innisfail? I didn't actually have a bet. Um, I wasn't too sure how she'd go on the heavy track. Um, she'd never seen a heavy track before and when you look at her form, she'd race at the Mango Roma. It's far from heavy. Um, so when when it was a genuine heavy eight, probably on the worst side of that, I just thought I'm just going to watch her go around. 
I thought my other fellow, he'd had one go on the heavy for a win, our boy Brett. I thought if I had to pick one of the two, I would have went our boy Brett, and thankfully I didn't tip either of them to any of the owners because I would have looked like a, a fool. But no, it was a really good win, so I was pretty happy with it. A lot of the other tracks uh, that you have a look at, well, just about anywhere, let alone in the north, mightn't have been able to race. That's amazing recuperative powers for Innisfail. And just having a look at the track report from Saturday morning, posted a heavy eight, 140 millimetres in the previous 24 hours and 230 mils of rain in the previous seven days. Just incredible. Well, it was crazy. Like, oh, I'll be honest, I was talking to Jade, as you said, she was praying to the weather gods Friday night and they were in Ingham overnight and I was... 100 to 1 chance of racing, I thought. And it was funny, my brother was actually out visiting from Brisbane and we had a family barbecue Friday night and Dad and I looked at each other about 8 o'clock and I said, oh, we're 100 to 1 of racing tomorrow because it was torrential rain in Cairns and we'd seen Innisfail already had 120 mil. I said, come on, let's have one more beer because, you know, we won't have have to go to Innisfail tomorrow. (laughs) And sure enough, we woke up and I was actually flooded in my suburb up here in Cairns. I was at Goldsboro and Peaks Bridge had gone over, so I was flooded in from Saturday morning. I thought, gee whiz, even if we race, am I going to be able to go because the bridge goes up and down really quickly? Thankfully, I was able to get out about 8 o'clock on Saturday morning. Um, and we went to Innisfail, and it was Innisfail of old. I remember being probably about 10 years ago, we raced on a heavy 10 down there with 180 mils of rain on race day, and we got through a 10-race card. Um, and obviously the new drainage they've done now that it's had time to settle in, it was it was phenomenal. Um, the jockeys were saying it was definitely a genuine heavy bog, but they don't slip down there at Innisfail. They have amazing grass cover, and oh, I... I said it years ago, and I can pretty confidently after the weekend say it's the best weather, wet weather track in North Queensland. Yeah, it's great to see um, that that um, work that got done on the track uh, proving its value on the weekend, uh, Peter. And, of course, um, when you look at the program that came through, Stephen Wilson uh, was the benefit of a, a late riding additions in the first two races, kicking home the first two winners with Amanda Thompson. I think it was not available. Yeah, I, I rung Steve early Saturday morning and at that stage he wasn't able to ride mine in the second because he had one in it. However, it scratched because it wasn't going to the heavy track, so he did pick up the two. The first horse that won Fanks, he's been a bit of an enigma since Daryl got him. He's run some really good races and you look at who he's been beaten by, like Evil Eye, Mack and Hard, Yaga, Sylvester. Um, it, it's runs have been better than what it looks and I thought back in that, smaller field it got to the front it dictated and it was way too good not a tie it was a good run getting home for second and harry rockett was third and i think that uh, the curtain came down on a good career for kodai she finished a distant last in that race and i read in the stewards report that i think she's going to be retired she was a really really good two and three year old who just unfortunately has got a few win problems now and hasn't come back so disappointing to see her go out like that but it was a good race nonetheless Stephen Wilson backing it up for yourself and not only the winner, but the third place getter in the second race, the benchmark 50. Yeah, it was a good win. I uh, I said to Steve, be positive on her out of the gate. So a little feel that I got from Andrew King, who um, originally started out with Clinton Taylor. And she had some good form around Rocky and whatnot in her early days. So I picked her up pretty cheap off the auction and got a, a good group of people. It was, I think, three or four of them was their first winner ever. So... I was happy to see her get home down the outside. She come from last, so it was a pretty good win. Ari more. it's racing in really good form. Um, it's turned the corner since it's win at Cooktown, and it's been very consistent. And our boy Brett, he's um, he's slowly getting there. He's a, a tricky horse to train, but I hopefully can work him out in the next couple of runs. He, he was a good run in third, and it was good to see Chelsea back in the north as well. Yeah, we had Charlie Hoffman on the uh, 
show not that long ago, so we haven't put the knockers on her because she picked up the cutest money with the interestingly name The Delinquent and Shane Pawsey riding in good form at the moment too from what I'm noticing. Yeah, he is riding good, Shane. He's fit and he's healthy and it's good to see he's actually off to Bowen today for a good couple of rides as well. So it was the class horse I thought in the race, The Delinquent. Like it ran fifth behind up and branded and Camacho last start and fifth to start before that the tab meeting. Back at the non-tabs, obviously appreciated the heavy track. It was a good ride. Um, I tell you what, though, it was a, the most deceptive finish you'll see. I thought for sure top CD on the inside had won. Um, it looked like it had won quite clearly, and decaf, to me, looked like it had run fourth. But um, Innisfail Angle gets them again, and, and the delinquent one, decaf made good ground late. It was right on the outside fence, and top CD having its first run in the North Vidale Paradise, I, I thought it was a very good run, and I think it'll be one to follow moving forward. Yeah, actually, those first three races, I noticed the horses uh, haven't had many runs for the stables. I think it was first run in four for the first winner, yours uh, second run for you, and uh, the delinquent was the first run for Charlie. So uh, taking the cutest money is a nice way to do it. But uh, Scotty Cooper with Rose of Athens, this one certainly has been in the stable a while. It won at Mariba back on uh, Boxing Day, the Golden Archer four-year-old. Yeah, and it won really, really impressively. Um, the Golden Archers tend to like the sting out of the ground. I, I know we've had quite a few who haven't got the best of feet, so the softer track obviously suited Rose of Athens. It was a good ride by Massa. Uh, he rides well, Massa, especially when he doesn't have to, to waste to get down to ride lighter weights. And that one had 57, so he was fit and healthy. It won first slip, as it does run a, another cheeky race. It's four out of its last five starts, it's run second. It just doesn't like to win, always finds one better. Um, and the much improved run on that was She's Imperial, uh, for Casey Kinley's side. Casey's only had a couple of runners and I was lucky enough to train for her and Gav and she's done a really good job. She's got only a small team at the moment and a win's not too far away for her. She's had um, supposedly wicked, she's a sinner and now she's imperial on the placing so I can't see a win being too far away and it's well-bred, she's imperial. It's a half to horses like Hot Top and Hot Saga so I think the further it goes out over ground I think, I think you'll see it'll be in the winner's circle not too far away. It wasn't the uh, fairy tale ending, of course, for Jay Doolan, but it was for the John Mansman stable with the Quinella. And this Let's Talk a Deal was a very promising uh, run at Rocky at its last run when it came from the tail of the field to run third. And, and your stable apprentice, Kristen Swaffer, booting home. Kristen down to one and a half kilo claim now, so going extremely well. And it was a great ride because, uh, again, came through the, well, I think the centre of the field, but from well back in the field to snatch victory. Yeah, I was talking to Kristen Saturday and I said to her that was, if I was a punter, which I'm not, I thought it was the best bet of the day. Um, it was well back in class. It was coming back from the 0 to 55 at Rockhampton to a class beat in, uh, in the spell, and she rode it a treat. Um, she cut the corner, took all, all the shortcuts and and did spoil the party. <laughs> I think the whole crowd started cheering about the 100 metre mark when Jade was in front. And I haven't seen Viv, her mum, for, oh, I'd probably say close to five years. And Viv was there, and I've never seen her in my 32 years of knowing Viv. I've never seen her as excited as she was on Saturday. She was jumping <laughs> up and down because she thought Jade was home. And even even getting beaten running second, she came up and gave me a big hug. She said, she's run second, she's run second. Like, it was it was an aw- like awesome to see. But, yes, unfortunately, Kristen spoiled the party, but I thought that horse was a real good, good thing, and um, it won accordingly. Beat Lady Snitch, and light him up, Jerry was the interesting runner. It was only a maiden. By Spill the Beans is coming off a last at Townsville to start before. It's a couple of runs before that were not too bad, but obviously it appreciated the heavy track and the step up in ground to run third. And Malachini, I was glad to see him show a bit of form again and um, run fourth come from last. So it was 
uh, a really good race to, to wind out a good day of racing. Racing in the north has a, a little bit of a break, I suppose you could say. Uh, after the Bowen program today, we've got a tab program at Cairns on Friday. Towns will have a tab meeting coming up on Saturday, the 12th of February. Uh, then I'm looking ahead. Uh, these cutest dual qualifiers are going to be kicking off uh, come February as well, now that we're into the second month of 2022. And Cairns has a three-year-old qualifier at their tab meeting coming up on Friday the 18th. And Pete, Atherton Turf Club is, uh, by the looks of things, it might well be the next non-tab meeting. And that's coming up at the end of the month, Saturday, 26th of February. Yeah, we have a couple of tabs, as, you're, as you said, between now and then. The dual qualifiers, it's a good chance for the Northern Horses to have a crack at some good money and qualify for a race down south, and, and then we've got Acid, and I think you'll find Ingham the week after has taken over the Chartist Towers meeting. Yes. Um, which which is good. Ingham track held up really good its first meeting in a long time last time we were down there. So um, all eyes on Bowen, and then, yeah, then we'll check out Cairns Friday, watch with interest from the coast to see Emerald on Saturday. There's some good races out there, and, yeah, saddle up again for back home in, in a fortnight. I'm glad you mentioned that one because I had uh, meant to go back and uh, open up that email again from Cole Truscott that came through yesterday. Yes, the Towers Jockey Club meeting scheduled for Saturday, March 5, has been rescheduled to be run by the Herbert River Jockey Club at Ingham. Uh, Towers Club, of course, having on undergone their major upgrade in the past 12 months, including that very impressive new community event centre and the extensive track upgrade, but there has been... Uh, some delays encountered with the track upgrade and the works won't be completed in time to allow that meeting to proceed on the 5th of March. So it's been transferred to Ingham. Uh, details available on the Racing Queensland website if you're uh, looking for information there with noms for that meeting closing off Tuesday the 1st of March. We've got a month to worry about that one as yet. As always, Pete, thanks for joining us on Bushbeat this morning, catching up with all of that news. Congratulations again on your stable double for uh, Friday and Saturday and we'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. There's uh, Peter Rowe having a look at uh, what happened at Innisfail on the weekend. I mentioned, uh, Rob, that we had the uh, Australia Day program at Kilcoy. They normally at this meeting hold their, um, I guess you'd call it the Kilcoy gift, the uh, the foot race mm. for humans rather than the uh, hoof race for the equines running down the straight. But with the COVID protocols, that's been transferred, I believe, to their cup day perhaps later in the year. It might be uh, when that's going to roll around. But from what I could see on social media posts, it was still a pretty good crowd there on Australia Day. And Paul Dolan is with us to look back at the day. Morning, Paul. G'day, Tony. Good morning, Rob. Good morning, all. Am yeah, I right? Good morning. Sorry. To you, Paul. Am I right in thinking that, Paul, that that's, uh, the Kilcoy gift's going to be later in the year on the, the Kilcoy Cup meeting? Yeah, it's on um, the first Saturday in June, Tony. Uh, uh -huh. Kilcoy Cup race day, and it'll be a Sky 2 meeting, TAB Sky 2 meeting that day. And, uh, yeah, the Kilcoy gift, the, the stall gift of the north, as uh, Consell likes to call it. It's building into you know something big every bigger and bigger every year, but it's been, uh, as you say, because the, the athletes were coming from interstate and uh, some couldn't, some couldn't. It was uh, decided to transfer it over, so it'll be held in June. And uh, Paul, uh, no less uh, a great meeting, however, on the day with the five event program. And boy, oh boy, the the honours evenly shared. There were no doubles uh, to report or anything like that. Hannah Richardson, I think, might have went the closest. And the Queensland breeding to the fore with about four of the five winners. But um, just take us through the, the program this morning because, again, a good racing at Kilcoy. You're right, Robert. It was an even spread. And I think there's a reason for that. If uh, if you you know the old um, compass you used to use at school where you could you, you'd put a spike and then draw a circle, like a radius. If you mm. put a spike on Kilcoy, it's pretty well in the centre of the southeast corner of the state. And, you, you know, you've got sort of Sunshine Coast over to the east. You've got Esk to the west, Dolby to Woomba, sort of southwest and down through Ipswich, etc. So horses, it's centrally located for trainers to appear, and that's, that's often the case. 
than you get at other venues that um, they, they they come from here, here, there, everywhere. To be specific, there was one winner from Nanango, one from Wandai, um, t- one from Sunshine Coast and uh, and two from Ipswich. Yeah, it was a good three, the rating, despite all the rain that had, that had led into it. And um, they kicked off with a benchmark 55 over the 800. Terrific ride here by uh, Hannah Richardson on the winner, Mr Noddy. Now, it's an 800-metre race and the horse drew barrier one. You, you, you might say, well, what's terrific about the ride? But there was a mad scramble of four of them coming down out of the 800-metre chute. And uh, Hannah just decided to get out of that speed battle momentarily. And she found a gap right on the point of the home turn. Even though the winning margin was two lengths, I doubt that Mr Noddy could have gone, you know, round the leaders and run them down in the short Kilcoy Strait. So yeah, it was a, just an excellent uh, manoeuvre to find that gap at the, the crucial stage entering the straight. And Mr Noddy uh, finished it off very nicely. Trained by Glenn up at uh, Glenn Richardson up at Nanango and uh, defeated uh, Curry Connection for the Barling Boys from Woodford. And third in was Strive to Succeed, uh, which um, hails from Toowoomba. You mentioned, Paul, that a couple of the winners came from Ipswich and we heard one at the top of the show when we kicked off uh, Bushbeat this morning and that was the maiden plate 1,100 metres won by Espanyol. Uh, nothing too flash about the significance of the uh, the win taking out a maiden plate by a length and three quarters other than the fact that it was the trainer's very first winner. Yes, uh, I, I spoke to him. His name's Phil either Bobic or Bobic and he doesn't he doesn't care. A bit like <laughs> Djokovic and Djokovic. <laughs> he, he, he said, I don't care what you call me. But uh, and he reckons he's he, he's um he he knows my voice very well now, Tony, because he said he's replayed that win at least twenty times, <laughs> and, he, and he, he's very pleased that every time he plays it, the same horse wins. <laughs> but uh, Phil has got an interesting background in that he grew up riding quarter horses and then had an extensive career in dressage and show jumping. He's age thirty-seven, and uh, about a year ago he turned his attention to race horses and. Uh, uh, this is his first winner, a horse which was originally trained by Les Kelly down at the Gold Coast. Had um, uh, let me see how many starts did it have for Les? About ten starts for Les, and now about ten starts for um, for Phil. It has broken through for that uh, that maiden win, and the horse's name is Espanyol, ridden by Olivia Kendall, who took a two kilo claim. Espanyol drew barrier six in the field of um, field of eight over the 1100 metres. Had to work really hard to get to the lead, but as you heard in the call there, went on very strongly uh, to the finish. The um, principal owners, if you like to put it that way, are Michael Wright and Helen Wilkes, and there are five, uh, three other people who have what you might call a minor share uh, in Espanol. And Phil said that uh, on the day, uh, a few people commented that he didn't seem to get all that excited. And he said he was more in a state of shock than mm-hmm. anything else because it had done so much work and to go on strongly. And also the fact that, you know, when they turn for home, the race is all over in, in, in a twinkling of an eye because the straight at Kilcoy is only 143 metres in length. And they turn for home and next thing you're blinking, you're, you're, you're at the winning post. So he was more or less in a state of shock. That's why he didn't appear to be overexcited. But he was obviously genu- genuinely thrilled. Um, Phil is based at a property called Universal... Uh, stables, which is out behind Warwick, and they do pre-training and spelling there for a number of clients, including the well-known Sears family from uh, from Toowoomba. So he's heavily involved in the racing now, is um, Phil, and he tells me that um, uh, Espanyol will go to a tab race at Gatton on Thursday week, an 1,100-metre race. You never know, after finding the winning post at Kilcoy for the first time, might go on with it. There's a lovely profile piece that Jordan Gerrans has written that's uh, up on the Racing Queensland website, and uh, and Phil has uh, has basically given himself up. He said that uh, when he first got into it, he really didn't know a lot about it. And as you outlined, Paul, he'd been through dressage and show jumping before turning to race horses, 
and he said that the first lot of horses he nominated for races, he didn't know he had to accept with them. Uh, it, it was just little things like that. He'd enter for a race and thought everything was great and didn't realise he actually had to accept. He says it wasn't funny at the time when the horse then wasn't allowed to race, but he looks back now and can laugh at it and see that it was a mistake. But, uh, yeah, he outlines in the story with Jordan uh, that uh, it's amazing how much you, you learn. It's such a steep learning curve and uh, wonderful to be able to uh, to see something like that come around. And, yes, now that uh, Espanyol's broken through, maybe there's more wins on the way for Phil Bobbage. Yeah, well, good luck to them, um... Six-year-old Gelding winning his maiden, and, and Phil's uh, he's got he's got nine in work. He said none of them are superstars, but uh, anyway, he's got a last start winner. The Queensland breeding continued uh, in the next three races. Uh, there, Paul, after Whittington had the first winner, we get a Spirit of Boom, a Mara Zara, and a Love Conquers All. You can't get any more Queensland than that. Yes, yeah, Swan Island uh, from uh, gate number two in the twelve hundred metre race of the day was successful. Uh, Jake Malloy. For Bo Gorman, who, as you mentioned, Rob, is uh, based out at uh, Ipswich. Swan Island was $2.30 favourite. It was the second favourite to win on the program. The fourth race was a cutest maiden plate over 1,500, and it went to Sockham Sid, a cutest horse, who uh, picked up the, um, the bonus as well, a $5,000 bonus. Sockham Sid, Kelly Gates from Barrier 1 from that start at the top of the straight where barrier positions are certainly vital. And Sockham Sid, Brendan Jones, the trainer over at the Sunshine Coast, was the $2.92nd favourite. Bonjour, mate, was the $2.80 favourite and ran third. And the meeting wrapped up with the Seals Garden Supplies Class B over the 1500 It went to the typically, when, from a race caller's point of view, the horse with the most difficult name to pronounce. Yet, yes, no, maybe so. Uh, Shannon Stephan for Kim Afford, who trains up there at Wondai, was a $9 chance and beat Malagro and third in was the favourite Chico at even money. It sounds like how we used to call things through in indoor cricket uh, when you were going for a run. Yes, no, maybe. Well, sorry. <laughs> maybe that's where the background is, Tony, yeah. I was linking back to the passing of Meatloaf and uh, Paradise by the stash Dashboard Light. I thought there's a few lines in there that maybe out of Love Conquers All, a name like Yes, No, Maybe So uh, was a link to the music world. Uh, could well be, but maybe yeah, it's just a, a love link there, Love Conquers All out yeah. of the Mayor Princess Sparkle. So, yeah, Love Conquers All, Yes, No, Maybe. Maybe so. <laughs> and congratulations to Brendan, Brendan Jones yeah. for that Sockham Sid. It's always great to see them get a first win. I know that, that stable does a lot of social media too, and uh, great to see them get the cutest money uh, first win in and, 10 starts. And a heap of owners. There's about a dozen owners, maybe more. So uh, mm. yeah, that's good, 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 yeah. Paul, we touched on before about the uh, the new straight at Kilcoy. Well, the new starting point, yes. Yes, the, sorry. The, the, not the new straight, but the, the new starting point. It's a 1,200 metres uh, start. There always was a 1,200 metre barrier, a starting point just past the turnout of the straight, but they jumped pretty quickly onto a bend and it was vital to get off, get on your bike real early. However, adjacent to that area, just near the turnout of the straight or behind the turnout of the straight, there was a, a former dairy farm owned by the Gittins family, which is no longer operated as a dairy farm. Um, and um, the, the council bought part of the land with a view at the request of the club, the vision of the club, to put a 1,200-metre chute there, basically extend the 1,000-metre point down to the, into that paddock, nearby paddock, and make it a straight run of almost 400 metres to the first turn. And over a period of time, this has happened... And it might sound simplistic, but it's not. There's a lot of work involved in putting in the filling and irrigation and then the turf and the, the running rail and what have you. But that uh, new 1,200-metre shoot has been very well received. Previously, if, if you drew wide there, you're pretty well from that the old 1,200 start, you had little or no chance. But it's a much fairer start with 370 metres down to the first turn. And, Tony, there's been 10 races run out of the new shoot 
and uh, two of the winners have come from barrier 11. Uh, one of them on a good track, one mm. of them on a heavy track. Now, once upon a time, if you drew 11 at Kilcoy, you just had no hope. But the new start is very, very fair. Uh, still, still, I guess, handy to draw in close. But you don't have to draw inside the first six now to be a genuine winning chance. And the club has asked Racing Queensland, if, if possible, to put as many 1,200-metre races on the cards. For example, at the next one, which is a tab meeting on Tuesday, the 1st of March, four of the seven races will be over that 1,200 metres. Um, back on in the meeting prior to Anzac to Australia Day, a tab meeting, um, Lani Fancourt wrote a winner from Barrier 11, and I spoke to her, and she said, it's just a totally different ball game. You don't have to ride aggressively out of the stalls now. You've got that 370 metres to try and find a slot. You mightn't always get the slot you want, but there's no urgency to you know, get out of the barrier at a million miles an hour now, and uh, uh, that seems to be, and that's what a couple of other jockeys have said as well. So... Uh, it's been a uh, a good investment, the new 1,200-metre start at Kilcoy. And, Tony, you find, you know, when the acceptances come out, if there's fewer scratchings, there's more betting turnover, mm. everybody's a winner. Yeah, very much so. Well, that answers the next question I was going to ask you is when the next meeting comes up for the Kilcoy Race Club. But, yes, Tuesday, 1st of March. What's your next uh, jaunt out to the countryside uh, in behind the microphone, the 10x50s? Um, it's a non-tab meeting at Esk in... Uh, in, in March, I'll be doing that one. They have three meetings a year these days at, at, at ESC, so I'll head over that way. Just back onto the 1,200-metre shoot at Kilcoy, Tony, and wrapping up, Jason Hoopert is a, a well-known jockey who also for many years has been delving in photography. Mm. And he has taken some photos um, of the, the new Kilcoy uh, layout and also some photos of other tracks throughout Queensland via a drone. It's, uh, it's incredible what he's come up with. And uh, I think you'll find that if you go to his website, you'll be able to see the aerial view of the, the layout of Kilcoy and the new facilities, the nearly a million dollars in facilities has been, been installed at the place. And uh, Jason Hoopert is his name, Jason, H-O-O-P-E-R-T. If you go jasonhoopertphotography.com, maybe .au, or just search Jason Hoopert Photography, you should be able to find those, uh, those pictures. And in particular, uh, the picture paints a thousand words. That'll... Uh, let you see what we're talking about, the, uh, the new layout at Kilcoy. Yeah, hoop shots is, uh, I think, uh, what he's been also trading under, and which I think is very clever, being a hoop himself and being a hooper. Yep. Uh, I think he's done a, done a good job that with that as well. And, yes, he's done some great shots, especially with that drone, some of the overhead stuff that you just never get to see. It's fantastic. Good on you, Paul. Thank we, you for joining us this morning. Out to, we better send his drone out to, to Longreach. Let us <laughs> see what Longreach is like. Uh, I, I'm sure it's going to make a visit there very soon. We've got to hustle along. Thank you for joining us this morning. We'll catch up soon. Thanks, gentlemen. Bye. Paul Dolan there looking back at Australia Day at Kilcoy. One last meeting to check in on from the weekend, and that was Bundaberg Saturday. Off the rail, American genius led from Fab's Cowboy. Crisscross down to the insides right there, and Wrecking Ball's trying to slice through between them. It's Crisscross into the straight, still by a length. Right there, the outside, American genius, and then came Wrecking Ball from Fab's Cowboy. American genius got to the front, 150 to go from Crisscross and Wrecking Ball, but it's all American genius. Another one's going to bolt in. American genius beat Fab's Cowboy. He came again late. Wrecking ball third, fourth Walshie, fifth in was crisscross, and the final one in was Dolce. That was the simple old open handicap race three over the 1,090 metres on the TAB program Saturday at Bundaberg. American genius for Billy Johnson defeating Fab's Cowboy and Wrecking Ball. And Rob, while we normally don't get an opportunity to look back at some of these TAB programs, we, while we had, did have a little bit of time this morning, we thought uh, a good opportunity to uh, revisit what happened there on Saturday at Bundaberg with Jared Wessel joining us this morning. Morning, Jared. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Rob. 
Yeah, good morning to you, Jared. And whereas Kilcoy, there were no doubles or anything like that. Uh, doubles featured heavily out of the Bundaberg meeting with two jockeys, Olivia Kendall, Gemma Steele getting doubles and Billy Johnson and Daryl Gardner as trainers getting doubles. But we heard American Genius is one of the winners for Olivia Kendall who had a winner at Kilcoy. Uh, this is a horse that came through the stampede, didn't perform on that day down there, but it's got a pretty good record overall, this All-American, um, uh, Jared, with two wins in a second, and it's four and again. It was its first run on the track, and that's the other thing I noted, whereas Bundaberg, usually there might be heaps of uh, horses that have got good performances on the track. There were multiple winners on the day that were having their first start on the Bundaberg track. Yes, certainly so, Rob. And uh, this bloke, American Genius, he's a, a well-travelled horse. Uh, he started his career down in Victoria. I think he had a short stint up in Darwin before uh, arriving in Queensland. Also raced down in New South Wales uh, as well in that time. And you're certainly right. He's a, a very consistent, open-class performer around these uh, country circuits. And uh, coming to the races Saturday, he certainly did look, um, although tricky to line up, uh, he was always going to be certainly very, very competitive in this sort of race and he was able to settle right up on the speed and, and did a good job to beat Fab's Cowboy uh, who boxed on well with the big weight to run second, wrecking ball back in third. That was only his second defeat and I think seven starts in Bundaberg and uh, and he boxed on well to run third. But American genius, uh, yeah, first crack at the, uh, the Bundaberg track and now takes his record to one from one. In a similar case with the stable and jockey double, now Billy Johnson and Olivia Kendall kicked off the meeting for you there in Bundaberg with Han Dynasty. And when you look at this horse's form, he particularly seems to go well on the on the softer, the, the sand surfaces, with two wins at Murrumbar, a win at Mount Isa, and now the win at Bundaberg. Yeah, you're certainly right about him, Rob. Uh, the other run I was uh, looking at probably to, to line him up here was the uh, the run five back now where he ran second, just beaten by Dare to Share at Gympie, which is uh, not all that uh, uh, dissimilar to, to the Bundaberg service. And, yeah, gee, he landed some good bets here. Official fluctuations were 235 into a dollar eighty. He ripped along up front and ran some really good time as well, 46.69. Uh, I don't think I've seen that quick for a fair while in Bundaberg. So, uh, naturally, was able to score by the big margin to, to bid a grey magic. And there was another big margin back to third as well. So... He's another good uh, speedster hand dynasty, and I'm sure Billy will be looking to uh, perhaps bring him back around uh, July for uh, the, the big money lightning over the 850 as well in Bundaberg. And Gemma Steele, uh, another jockey who we've had on the show recently and been going in good form, had a little break, I think a minor injury at one point, but bouncing back with a good double, firstly for Bob Murray and then for Kim Afford. Yeah, there was a good betting day for the punters, actually. Uh, they, they had their eye right in uh, at Bundaberg. Uh, Ducati, that first winner for Gemma, was 550 to 3.40. And this is a terrific ride as well. Was able to make the mid-race move. Uh, he, or Gemma quickly zoomed around the outside on him, Ducati, and he put the race to bed probably uh, 500 or 600 metres from home. And he's another horse who's building a good record at Bundaberg. Now five starts, three wins and a second. And uh, the three victories all over the 1,090 metres. So I think Bob will be pretty keen to uh, to get Ducati back into... Uh, to Bundaberg at his next start. He's uh, only missed yeah, the place on one occasion, only missed the Quinella on one occasion, and uh, he uh, was able to run some good time as well, only three or four lengths slower than the open class horses on the day, and was able to score by a big space, six and a half lengths with the 59 kilos. So another very impressive performance by uh, Ducati in the benchmark 45. And as you mentioned, uh, Meglio uh, having his first run for Kim Afford, had a couple of good runs at uh, the Sunshine Coast and Kilcoy, showed good early speed, just knocked up on both of those occasions. And, 
back in trip looked to be a big uh, plus for him as well, Meglio. Uh, Gemma made light work of the wider gate, rolled forward and uh, was able to set up a commanding lead and, and was too strong for them late, beating Zakir and God's Angel. And again, official fluctuations, nine into 4.20. So were there a few happy punters there with, with Meglio able to land some good bets? Yeah, another one that was having its first run on the track, the ex-Nat McCall Galloper. And I do apologise to Montana Philpott, who's been riding extremely well, getting some rave reviews from trainers. She had a race-to-race double with uh, Bundaberg trainer Daryl Gardner. And, of course, the first of those winners, Blondie's Day Out, another one with a first a run at the track, whereas home call we know has got a great record at the track. Yeah, Blonde Stay Out, uh, trained locally by Dale, but hadn't had a, uh, a look at the uh, the track under race conditions yet. And, yeah, this was a good ride from Montana. Looking at the, her or her form in particular, Blonde Stay Out, prior to this race, she has been a little bit tricky to uh, to get into the race. Uh, looking at the last start, she got well back at Rockhampton over the 1500 and charged home to run second, uh, beating just over a couple of lengths. It was similar to the start before, and she just can uh, just come off the the bridle, I think, uh, a little in the the middle stages of the race. So uh, Montana was able to uh, to keep her uh, up to her work, got into the race at the right time, and proved a little bit too strong for a very consistent performer in Gossio. And uh, this was another race where they got right away from third or further nine and a half lengths back to Royal Sheen and, and that Quinella really dominated. And then the home call in the last, I think he's, the penny's just starting to drop with this bloke. His last four starts, read three wins and a third. Uh, he seems to have always been a horse with a bit of ability, but this was a dominant performance, settled up on the speed on Saturday with the 59 kilos. He was well-backed as well, down to a dollar seventy, and was much too strong for his rivals in the end. Uh, that was over the 1380, so I think there's a, a real uh, niche spot for him in the, the longer-distance races in the country. And uh, another horse who, who Daryl might be looking to aim towards a Bundaberg Cup a little bit uh, uh, later on in the year. Now he's starting to, uh, to get up in the ratings. As you mentioned, there's a couple of big race meetings coming up later in the year, but I see Bundy's next... Uh program is going to be the Catholic Schools Race Day in March. That's March 12th. Yes, that's correct. Always a big day. They, they love the, or the school teachers, they love to get out and have a few bets and share the horses home for a, a social Saturday. So a quick turnaround, only uh, six weeks, I think, till our, our next meeting in Bundy. So looking forward to that one as well. Oh, hopefully there's more meetings on the way and more tab meetings. As Rob was saying at the top of the program, it's great to see clubs like Bundaberg and Bowen getting their meeting uh, tab coverage today. It's, it's not just all about uh, having horses go around at the track and a social atmosphere. It's great to have the boost in prize money as well for these tab programs for all of the participants. Exactly right, Tony. And you, you really see uh, how proud the uh, a lot of the staff and uh, and the jockeys and trainers are as well to uh, to have the uh, the races broadcast on on Sky and and right around Australia and, and even worldwide. Uh, they they really uh, like to uh, to take it on uh, board and as I say, be be quite proud about their product and uh, the racing that we can showcase uh, to a much wider audience. So we love these opportunities and we're hoping for for plenty more of them in the future. Good on you, Jared. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Rob. Jared Wessel there having a look at what happened at Bundaberg on the weekend. And Rob, as we mentioned, Bowen raced today with their TAB program transferred from Sunday. TAB meetings coming up on Thursday at Warwick, Friday at Cairns and Saturday at Emerald to coincide with the Queensland Country Racing Gala Awards at the Emerald Town Hall Saturday night. Uh, Dolby have the non-TAB program coming up this uh, coming Saturday, the 5th of February. The Dolby and Northern Downs Jockey Club host their annual Cannonball Flying. And you'll be giving a full report on that uh, meeting from Emerald on the weekend, Tony, where I'm sure Peter Rowe will be catching up with you as well. I think I heard him say he was going down there. Hey, Tony, also, I'd just love to bottle sometimes comments that Jared just made at the end there about being uh, the pride and being able to display and show off to the world the, the beauty of country racing uh, 
to the worldwide audience with these tab meetings. Sometimes just the way they are said, if you could just bottle it, exactly exactly sums up uh, the benefit of what we're getting with this initiative. Yeah, very much so. It's uh, as I said, it's it's not always as much as we love the the fact of getting out to the races for a social scene, and and it's more than just about horses going around and around in circles. Uh, it is also about uh, developing the industry and the the growth of that, and uh, yeah, getting a wider exposure to it is is so crucial, and being able to. Yeah, get exposure to some of these areas. We hope has a flow on in tourism uh, as well. That's our show for the week. We will catch up with everyone again next week. You look after yourself in the meantime and we'll speak next Tuesday. Yeah, be back next week. Just email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au and bow in one of those country tab meetings will feature as well. Good morning to you, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Thank you to Rob Black, Paul Dolan, Peter Rowe and Jared Wessel for joining us on the show this week. That is Bushbeat for another Tuesday. Good luck to all of the clubs who are racing this week and especially good luck to all who have been nominated for an award at the Queensland Country Race and Gala Awards in Emerald on Saturday night. See you there in Emerald on the weekend.